Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. We're going to go on with the study that we're beginning to do on faith that will raise the dead. And I personally believe that there is no one that God does not want to use. And I believe by the scripture it's evident that that is a true uh, profession of his holiness that he is to bring you and I into a position of being able to receive 
as God would do. But, but you see, like everything, we must be taught. We must be taught. And we have to be certain that the teaching is, is correct because what I see so much of, and you hear me say very often, it's been wrong teaching and wrong believing that's got us into the binds that we're in with God and within, within what we call the church itself. And if we can unlearn some things, to learn some things, we're going to be far, far ahead. Unlearning is much, much difficult, more difficult than just to learn. Because to unlearn, you have to go back, and then you have to try somehow, with these things sitting on top of our shoulders called a brain, to figure out what did I do wrong, or what did I do right, what makes this, what makes that. But in the end, God's Word is what? The final authority. That's in the end. Turn with me in Luke 22. We're going to talk this afternoon about learning to, to use your faith. You know, it doesn't do any good to have faith if you can't learn to use it. Amen? So we're going to, hopefully, at the end of this session, you're going to get the idea of how that you might be able to do uh, what the Lord was teaching here within what we call the New Testament, how to use your faith. Now, everybody has faith. I want you to know that. Everybody has, has been given a measure of faith. That's what the Scripture says. So it's not whether you have faith, because you have faith. The question is, are you going to use it? And probably more profound than that, are you going to learn how to use it correctly? Now, in in the Scripture, in Luke 3, chapter, starting in the 22nd verse, it says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. Now, I want you to understand that he made a profession of uh, 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 Faith, when he said, let us go, let us go over under the other side of the lake. In other words, he said, that's where we're going. Now, you may got up this morning and said, uh, let's go to the synagogue, uh, and, or maybe let's go over here or go there. Tomorrow you may say, let's go to the grocery store. And what happens? You end up in the grocery store, don't you? That is a, that is a confession or profession of faith out of your mouth that will, is going to take you to ask them to wherever it is that you feel like that uh, you need to go. So, so you use, again, faith and don't even realize that. Now, what happens if you don't get to the grocery store? Well, I never, not, I never don't get to the grocery store. If I'm going to the grocery store, I know where it's at, get my vehicle, I drive there, get what I need, and come home. All right? So most of us, if not all of us, should be able, within our own minds, uh, conceive the fact that we are going to go there and come back, and it's already purposed in your heart. You don't have anything in your heart saying, oh, what if I have a wreck? Oh, what if there's a flood? Oh, what if there's this? Oh, what if there's that? Because you have been to the grocery store. You know how to get there. It's just a matter of going. And you say, well, I'm going to the grocery store. That is exactly what was going on here. He said, boys, we're going to the other side. That's exactly what he was doing. Had he been to the other side before? Most likely, yeah. But he spoke that, 23. But as they sailed, he, he fell asleep, and there came down a, a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and, uh, and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Now, I realize we read this in another rendition, but I want to use this one because of the strength of the end of it. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and, and the raging the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. It was it over. Now, let me ask you this. Was he, by his faith, able to speak to that storm and it stopped, or was it the anointing that he is? Well, it was the anointing that he is, but he still had to have faith in what he said. All right? The anointing, it was the anointing that essentially, when he spoke to it, the blessed God, it did what? It, it, it ceased. Now, you know, I, I know, I get a lot of criticism from people that will get on the website and then they'll write a nasty little thing and email it into the office that there's too many eyes when I talk about the things that I do or have done. But brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. Long, long ago, I am not a horn blower of myself. Never have been. And long time ago, the angel came to me and said to me, you must now begin to talk about what God is doing and has done in you. I thought, well, that's a little contrary because, I mean, after all, who am I? Now, 
The same thing happened here, not, uh, what, it been a year, year and a half ago, when the Lord said, now you must, uh, but angel, you must now begin to talk about the angelic visitations. And I think most of you heard me say at that point in time, I really wasn't interested in, in doing that. And the reason I wasn't interested in doing that was because I've got all the problems I need being a prophet without being a prophet that's got two angels hanging around. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 but anyway, when the angel came and said, the Lord said, now it's time, it's time to do. I have, through the, through time, have been able to, to exercise and watch the faith grow. And as the faith grows, um, it, it helps the anointing to grow. The only way that I've ever been able to talk about your anointing becoming stronger is if you are willing to fast and to pray on a regular basis and make that a way of life. See, if you're going to make this a way of life, it's going to become your life. Most people will not let this become their life. It is something they do on the side, and it's something to do when things don't go well and they can start yelling help to God. That's, that, that's primarily the bulk of what people are into. But the fact is, if you make this a way of life, it will become a way of life to you. And it did with me, God's no respect of persons. I realize the difference in anointings, and, and there are a difference in anointings, there's difference in prophets. But the prophetic ministry that God gave me to travel this world was absolutely, uh, uh, had to have the type of anointing in it that it has in order to do what? To turn the heads of kings and leaders of nations so that they could understand there really is a God and he really does have prophets. And that, as far as I know, that's, that's what it's about. So throughout my walk, throughout that, and I'll never forget when the Lord God sent the angel and the angel said to me, I want you now to begin to speak to the storms. I want you now to speak when there's not rain and cause it to rain. I want you to speak when there, uh, and, and cause droughts that to come when there's no drought. I want you to speak and cause, bless God, devastation to come. I want you to speak. I want you to stop tornadoes and move them here and, and, and hurricanes and move them there. I want you to speak. And I thought, oh my, that, that, you know, that, that, that's, that's something. Now let me tell you how that was developed. And this is important for you to, to understand. It happened in a way that I'm saying, okay, Lord, I'll do that. And I thought, now, how am I going to do this so I would go somewhere, okay? Like, let's say, for instance, I, I, I was in, in Africa somewhere, and bless God, and so when I got ready to go on the trip, I'd say, Lord, uh, I'm going to practice. You're going to, what? You, now, God don't allow practicing, Brother Deckard. Oh, yeah, he does. And old Brother Deckard has done as much practicing as probably anybody that's ever walked the face of this earth. You know why? Because I fear God, and I'm going to do that message one weekend, and when I do, you better bring the, your, the foot washing material, because we're going to have a real old-fashioned Pentecostal foot washing before that's over. But the fact, that, but the fact of, of it is, I fear God, I didn't want to do anything wrong, so I thought, well, I better try this thing out. So, so I would get somewhere, like I'd go to Africa, and I'd get there, and on the way there, I'd say, now, now Lord... When I get there, I, you know, I, I want, I, I, you know, I, I want to speak, and the weather will be this, or the weather will be that, or it will, it will, it will rain three days in a row after I get there, or do this, or do something. Well, and it would come to pass. I'm going, oh wow, this thing, this, this, this thing really works. So that was the way that I began to see God manifest Himself. As he gave me. Now, where did I have to come within the anointing? Did that within that anointing happen? Now, now remember, I've been in ministry over 30 years. All right. Did that happen the first, probably what, three or five years? No, no. Uh, ten years after you've been in ministry? No, no, not ten years. Uh, about how long? Uh, about 18 years. Eight, did you hear what? Somebody shake your 18 years. It didn't happen yesterday. I had a lot of water run under the old proverbial bridge, as they say. I, I made mistakes. And by the way, if you've never failed, you've never tried. Well, I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't think I can lay hands on sick people because, you know, I mean, what if they're not healed and give God a bad... Don't you worry about God's reputation. Don't you, be, you you understand something. The only thing that's keeping most of you from laying on hands on people is just that. 
You're afraid you're going to fail. Go fail one time for the prophet, okay? You go out there and get your hands on those people, and bless God, you start believing God for those miracles and those healings. And if you don't, you're never going to see, you're never going to see God do anything. You lay down, and I'm going to teach you before the weekend's over how to do that. I actually had people in Mount Carmel, Illinois, actually go to the other side of the street. I watched the restaurants empty out when I went in. I was in practicing, okay? Is there anybody in here sick today? Nobody would answer. At first, somebody was a fool. Say, well, I've had that. Okay, no, Deckard's your man. God's the plan. I'd go over and sit down. I'd say, I'm going to show you. I believe this. I'd say, you believe that? I'd say, yep. I'm going to pray. You're going to be healed. God's going to get the glory. About two or three days of that, and everybody found, either everybody got healed that was in there. <laughs> no. They, they, well, they weren't going to put up with that. They're not going to put up with some, some, some character coming in that believes God to be a healer, and bless God, they don't believe in anything, and then people be healed. They weren't going to do that. But see, I did that everywhere I went. Do anybody need, need prayer for healing? God's a healer. But, but, but you see that through these things, what I begin to realize through the years as the years progressed and my faith walk becomes stronger and stronger with God, I begin to realize that, that I can. I have complete authority over everything on this earth, everything in the sea, everything under the earth, everything that's up in the, the heavenly areas. I have authority given to me by God. I learned to take that authority and to use it in the holy name of His Son, Yeshua. And bless God, through that, then, then I fully understand that, how to, to move. You know, I, you probably heard me talk about the story about when I was uh, coming home from South America and I'd been there for two weeks and it was hot and I was miserable and I was tired and I, I got there and I was getting ready to come uh, fly to Miami. And bless God, the brother come in and said, well, look, you know, you cannot go to your goal. There's a, there's a hurricane getting ready to hit Miami. He said, now, you'll be able to get there, but you'll have to, have to put you in a shelter, and you'll have to stay, you know, till passes to get out. I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going home. I said, do you, see, I, now, there's, there's the way faith works. I said, I said, I'm going home, and home I'm going. I said, show me where that thing's at. So he ran up on the, on the Internet. I just pointed my finger at it. I said, Lord God, you gave me the authority, and storm, I take the authority over you in the name of Yeshua, and I command you to move just enough to the left on, on what would be the, the west side of, of the peninsula of, uh, from uh, uh, Florida. And I said, go up that way, because I said, the prophet's going home, and I said, I have the kind of authority, I take that kind of authority, that's all it is in the name of Yeshua, I'm going home. The guy kind of looked at me. He looked down at that screen. I went back in the room I was staying in. I prayed. Now, I wasn't praying about the storm. I was praying. It was time, time for prayer. See, prayer also has to be what? A way of life. It's not something you do when you get in a bind. It's not something you do when you want the Lord to give you something. It is an everyday way of life. And some of you need to be going home at night and instead of watching the old proverbial tube there called the television, you need to shut that thing off and you need to go in the other room and pray. Instead of trying to think that five-minute prayer on the way to work is working, because it's not. That's not a prayer life. That's, being a, that, that's just being foolish, okay? Uh, so, so anyway, he comes in, about, in an hour, he knocked on the door. He said, you've got to come and look at this. Went back in. I looked at the screen and... He said, look at this. He said, that thing is turned. And they don't know why it turned, but it just turned, and it's going, it's going to the left. He said, you're going to be able to get in there and out. I said, that's right. The folks everywhere I go, I, I was in Dallas last year, and they had an ice storm. You'll remember this. They had an ice storm that was predicted there that weekend. The people that were having me down there said, oh, my, there's going to be an ice storm. I said, not if this prophet's coming. There's not going to be an ice storm. So I, I, said, I, I said, because I'm going to pray. I said, there's going to be an ice storm somewhere on that side. There's going to be an ice storm north. I don't, I don't, but there's not going to be one where I'm at. People's got to get there. I'm in Dallas, and I'm going to minister. Got to Dallas, and what happened? It rained, but no ice. Not enough that made any difference. I don't know. The, what's that about? It's because I have been given the authority over the weather. I'm, I'm capable 
of turning, and I have turned tornadoes and moved them out of the way. Like I said, I, I've caused droughts to come. I was in Texas a year ago, and that's why they had that, that big fire that came up through there, and everything was dry, and there had been no rain, and bless God, the fields had turned brown and everything else, and, and, and bless God, the pastor said, well, you do, you break droughts? I've heard you on the, on the internet, and I said, oh yeah, yeah. I said, it's not me, it's God, but I give me the authority, and, and through that authority, and, and his name, I said, oh yeah, I, I can do anything like that. He said, well, what about this? Well, one thing or another. The TV station was supposed to show up, didn't show up. I said, that's all right. Now, now I, I, I went back to the hotel at uh, between the stations, and I got on the weather thing there, and it said that the, the drought was going to continue, and there was no chance of rain for at least the next seven days. I go back to the church, and I said, well, even though the TV station didn't show up, because so, you see, I want to give God the glory. I mean, uh, you know, if you're going to do something like that, you don't have to do it in secret. So that's what most people want to do. If it works, then brag about it. Well, I don't work that way. But anyhow, I told him, I said that, well, there's water going to run the streets of Amarillo tonight. The drought's going to end, and it's going to, it's going to begin to rain. I broke the drought in the name of Yeshua, and bless God that night, water ran in the streets of Amarillo, Texas. The drought was broken. It began to rain. And everything is whatever it is. Now, now, why does God do that? Well, God does that for the simple fact that people understand that there's somebody still on the face of this earth that can control all this stuff. Now, the difference between a prophet and a major prophet is exactly that. Prophets, uh, prophets that are called to even to a nation and not to the world don't necessarily will ever operate in that degree of anointing. But because, again, of what God has put into my life and the things that I've been assigned by God to do, I have to have that kind of anointing to be able to do it. It's kind of like being an airline pilot. You pretty well got to have an airplane to fly if you're going to be an airline, uh, be a pilot, right? An airplane pilot. Well, in order to do what I do, I have to be able to, uh, to control this stuff so that, that, that people can see it and know without a shadow of turning that bless God, that, that, you know, that it comes to pass. So, so God give me this type of anointing to do this, and it's like I simply say to people who get smart mouth with me. When, when, you know, when's the last time you ever seen any of this done? Who's anybody you even know that can do the things that God lets this prophet do? Now, folks, that may sound like bragging to you, but it's not bragging. It's downright fact. God set me on this earth. I've been through hell for a lot of years. My time has come. What is my time? To take the people that want to go back to Israel on that day. That's all. That's the entire essence of why God has sent me. Now, <clears throat> evidently, God needs the kind of anointing he placed in me in order to do some things for whatever reason. And one of the things, reasons is, I'm sure, is that talk is cheap. That signs will confirm the word. Signs and wonders will, will, will follow and confirm it. And that's the reason I said, if you're in ministry and you're ministering the Word and there's no way to confirm, see, the, the, the healings confirm, miracles confirm, the power of the anointing of deliverance uh, through the name of Yeshua, all this, bless God, it is what? It confirms the fact that God is still alive. And what I do around this world, uh, travel in this world, is merely to confirm the fact that there's a living God and He really has prophets and they're still here on the face of this earth. That's the gist of what I do. Now, if that, again, if that sounds like bragging, that's fine. And if you all work those kind of works and you need to run up, but don't run up here and lie to me about it, okay? I, uh, I get into a lot of that. I get people, you know, I, I, when I came back, when I came back from, uh, uh, let's see, where was it? Hawaii, and we saw the whales. I, I, uh, the other minister and his wife was there. And when they saw me call those whales that were so far out that you couldn't see them with, you know, those spyglass things, and to being from here to bless God to the, to the, no further than the front of that building up there, they, they knew that something different happened. When they saw the three puffs that I blew like that and the hole come in that cloud and go all the way down to the bottom of that deep thing and it begins to just come out and just raise up and go on. You see, that's what God lets me do. That, that's what I do. Now, now, now let me try, if I can, to explain to you how tough that is to do that. That tough. That is in my life. That is what I do. I have said I will go to heaven saying the same thing. It is a curse. 
It's been a curse, and it will continue to be a curse to me for the time that I'm on this earth. Why? Folks, it just ain't normal. Okay? And that's the reason I think a lot of people tend to think, well, you know, uh, uh, you know why they say that? And I tell you why, because the angel told me. They're just downright and out and out jealous. Because they don't know anybody that can do those things. They can't do those things. All they can do is stand around and brag about this God, what they did. And so, so anyway, I, uh, somehow or other, uh, this guy sends us an email, and he also had been there, and he also called in the whales, and he also did something else about the, the fog being somewhere or other. And I'm going, what a crock of baloney that is. You notice how you use the word baloney? Uh, that is. And, and, and this God, let me tell you something. It was a crock baloney. What makes people do that? Well, people do that in order to be able, if they're not called into it, to be able to do that. Now, let me tell you something. The anointing that I carry has everything to do with the faith that I walk in. All right, just like Yeshua when he said, we're going on the other side of the way. Without the faith in operation, the anointing could not work. In order for the anointing to do what it does, it's been lots and lots and lots of days of fasting and prayer and seeking the face of God. And anointing is another thing. Every year it's got to increase. And that's where, you know, that's where, you know, most people won't get into this because it costs them something. Let me say this again. Most people don't get into this because it will cost them something. You know what it's going to cost them? Them. It's going to take you away from your favorite TV shows at night. It's going to draw you, bless God, to get along with God when, bless God, you could be going to the local football game next week. It's going to cause you to want more of Him and the hunger that will well up inside of you that God will cause to be there because you're seeking Him will be almost a place where, bless God, that is so overwhelming that all you want to do is be with Him. Because you know that the secrets of the universe, the mysteries that God has placed on is all within Him and the ostapus of receiving such that. It's an awesome thing. Can you do? There's no limitations. God is no respecter of persons. And please, don't, don't, I've had people say, well, when am I going to be able to call some whales in? I, you may never call whales in. You may never see the dead be raised. But that's not the, that's not going to be the case with saying with everybody because again I don't want people to misunderstand. There's people sitting here in this room that bless God if God gives me the liberty I'll I'll come tell you who you are. That's going to see the dead be raised. Why? Because we are going to have to explain to the world that there is a living God and He still is in control and we are His witnesses. Amen? That's what this is about. The world is run. I, I remember doing a piece of ministry uh, years ago about Babylon. About the Tower of Babel. I mean, that's one. The Tower of Babel, not Babylon. The Tower of Babel. And I remember through all that, I read it, and, and, and the Lord God spoke to me, uh, the angel, and said to me, said, you tell the people and prophesy to the people that in your generation, your time, you will see the Tower of Babel once again being reconstructed here in the world. And he said, you remember what the Lord God said. The Lord God said that he had to disperse them to the, 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 around, you know, across the earth, uh, with different languages, because if he didn't, there would be nothing that they could not accomplish. Guess what the Internet has done? There is nothing now that we cannot accomplish. You want to learn how to be a terrorist? Internet will do it. You want to learn how to, uh, to break in homes? You can get on the Internet, and you can learn how to do that. You want to learn how this and that? We have now rebuilt the Tower of Babylon. And we will see it do what? Bring corruption as this world's never seen. So on the other side of this, the other side of this coin is you and I. Folks, I don't know whether you have come to the, to the realization or not that to be a called out remnant is far and beyond anything that your flesh and mind can ever conceive. You're not here because you may particularly want to be here. You're not dressed particularly like you might care to be dressed, but you're here. And it's the only, you see, once you receive into your heart and you understand, 
Understand what the prophet tells you this day. When you receive truth and you turn and walk away from truth, I'm going to try to be nice about this till I teach it. You could be blaspheming God. I'm going to say could be until you hear me teach it, then you're going to know. You have the right to walk away from God. You have the right to go back to the Baptist church, brother. Deny the Holy Ghost. You have the right because He placed under you from the foundation of this earth that you be here. And you are. And it's the only game in town for you. Now, it may not be the only game in town for them, but for you, it's the only way it's going to work. If you don't think so, walk away from it and watch your life turn to a dingy brown. You've heard the prophet, and I speak truth to you. God is bringing us forth. We look small a number. How, how small a number three years ago with six of us sitting here do you think it looked like? The prophet saying, and God said that he was going to show me to America, and, and we're going to begin to people come from all over the United States, and there's six of us and four of us and moved down into two kids. Looking at these two sisters in the back. We had people here, and I'm not sure where everybody's come from this time, but we had people here from the east, the west, the north, and the south of America. Some in Canada. Do we, do, 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 do we know why? No, not really. We just know that something on the inside is saying, this is right. This is right. Hear the Lord say to the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost, come follow me. We're just doing it. Like the good sheep that we are, amen. And and again, folks, will we understand it? Not till that day. You know, I I wish I could stand up here and oh yes, the prophet and the prophet knows. I'm going to tell you something. This prophet knows knows little about it as anybody's going to know why. And me and God work on a need to know basis, and you need to, you need to know that. I don't know how we're going to do this. How are we going to get the millions? I don't have any. But you know something. I know in whom I have trusted. And I know that he is well able to deliver to me that day in which I need. And he will deliver it. And we will know. There's going to be plenty of time. People say, well, I did. Now sit back, relax, and have a good time. Okay? What I want to do at this point in time in your walk is to get you to a place where the, the 91st Psalm, you live in it. For right now, for what's getting ready to open up in, 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 in this earth, bless God, in the United States, North America, it's going to take the 91st Psalm. And that's what I want to get you now, that step to get you into that place where you'll begin to realize that, bless God, God is there. He's going to do what he needs to do because you did what you were told to do. See, that's the reason it's called a commandment. He is commanding. You do this. Or I'll do this, but you choose what you're going to do, and so and so we 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 walk in that place. But but don't misunderstand. There is no one here that does not have the faith to come through this thing. So you see, I don't own you. God does owns us all. But I have been given an awesome responsibility. Oh boy, trying to take this motley crew and turn you in to the generals of God's army. And folks, on the outside, that just ain't looking very good. But you know something? God knows what he's doing. And you better thank God that I found out years ago that he knows more than I know. And on that need-to-know basis, the angel will come and say, all right, let's go do this and let's do that. So you see, you never stop what? Trusting him. The only, the only picture I have is what the Scripture says and the fact that we definitely are going to go home, the fact that, bless God, it will be the greatest exodus that's ever happened on the face of this earth, according to the book. It will be so great that they won't talk about when they came out of Egypt any longer. That is the kind of exodus that's about to happen in this world. CNN is going to go crazy. Fox is going to have 
something to do besides sit there uh, and bless God uh, have a conversation one with another and tell some jokes or whatever they do. They're going to be they're going to be there in Tel Aviv. They're going to be there. The airplanes are coming in. The boats are showing up. They're going to say, "What is this? What is this?" And we're going to say, "This is Ephraim." Kill without a cow, we have come home. He that was lost is now found. Let us begin the dance. Let us blow the shofar. Let us say we're home. Thank you, Brother Judah, that you shed blood that we could come back. That's where we're going. How are we going to get there? Only God knows. But we put our trust in Him. Amen? Well, you know, I'm trying to get through this first little thing here, and I realize some of my introductions are a little longer than others. I have had some introduction. One time I was in a place, and the introduction was so long, it took up the first session. And a, and a, and a, a sister came up, and she said, well, well Prophet Deckard, when, when are you going to, you, and you never gave a scripture. I said, oh, that comes, that was just the introduction. I said, we'll get to the scripture on the next session. So, well. Just, just hang on. Uh, one, one of the one of the problems we have here is this God that we serve, and He's not a problem. But you see, I have an audible voice that speaks to me when this anointing comes on me, and all this is going on, and God is showing me your hearts and showing me all this that's going on there, and I've got to stand here and do what I'm doing, and then He'll say, uh, "Talk about this. That one over there needs to hear this. You talk. You tell you, this one here. Do this." And folks, you can't get a lot done. When, when all that's going on, and I'm trying to do this, okay? So bear with me. I mean, if I knew what I was doing, I'd tell you, but I don't, all right? Now, back back to bless God, the, the Scriptures, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you, uh, and he ceased to come. Now, uh, uh, 24, let me read it. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, wondered, and they being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and the water, and they obeyed him. What manner of man is this? Peace be still, it all ended, and it quit. He said, where's your faith at? Where's your faith that will let you pass beyond what you see? Do you think that storm bothered him? No, he was asleep in the back of the boat. It probably irritated him a bit to be awakened. Okay? Well, where's your faith at, boys? Huh? Where is your faith? They were looking at each other going, man. What have we got ourselves into? This old boy can command the winds and they stop. The storm, it, they, it quits raging. But what the Lord Yeshua is doing, and, and we're not getting to it today, hopefully tonight, if not definitely tomorrow, we're going to move you over into a place of possibility thinking. Okay? Because where most of us are at today, because we're being controlled of the, of the five senses that I spoke of this morning, we limit a limitless God. We, we get ourselves in a position of, of actually limiting Him because of our faith. Okay? And, and even though we know that He's a God that opens oceans, raises the dead, and causes this and causes that, we still have points and times and places in all of it because of what we are experiencing ourselves as saying, I know God does this, but see, that's impossibility thinking. We want you to get possibility thinking. And I heard a preacher one time from Louisiana that we had come up and, and do some ministry, and, and I thought it was so neat because he said this. He said, you know, he said, I don't see a lot of people healed, but I see people healed in the name of, of Yeshua. And But he said, I don't want you not to come up here tonight because he said, uh, you know, uh, you may be saying, what if he doesn't heal me? But he said, listen to me, what if he does? You're saying, well, well, what if that, but what if it does happen? 
Now, and that type of thinking is a type of thinking that you and I have to get into. And remember me telling a story about the wheelchairs that would come in, the people in crutches would come in, the people with cancer would come in. And I, I would have to do what? I would have to see what God was seeing himself in order for me to have the faith to build. Because on, on the outside, with the world that we live in here, that bless God looks to be an impossibility. Why? When people come in that have no feeling from their neck down, I, and, and there's no tools to operate on their body to make them better, and you're saying, in the name of Yeshua, rise and be whole and walk. You see, you have to be a fool to say those things, listen, if you don't believe those things. And you've got to bring your walk with God to such a place that you have to know Him. And that's where this thing really comes down, where the old proverbial rubber meets the road or whatever they say. You've got to know Him. You've got to know who He is and the possibility that He presents to all mankind. Once you can get a hold of that, this thing, this thing can, and it will be made a whole lot, uh, uh, a whole lot easier. Let, let's go to, to Luke, the 12th chapter, the 12th chapter of Luke. Starting in 22, Luke 12, 22. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, neither for the body, what, what will you put on? Now, now, now this is neat because he's, he's getting to something here that's really strong. He said, The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. Uh, which neither have a storehouse or no barn, and God feedeth them, how much more are you better than the fowls? Now, the point that he's trying to make here is saying, look, folks, you're better than they are. And which of you, with taking thought, can add, add, add a stature of one cubit? And, and of course not. And of course it goes down, talking about the considerable lilies, and we've been through that with Solomon. We did that last period. But the 28th verse, he says, And God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye a doubtful mind. And you need to underline or circle doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye for the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Fear not, little folk, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And you need, if those things aren't underlined, you need to underline those in your Bible. You need to understand that the first thing we're to do to seek God's kingdom. What's in his kingdom? Power, his glory, faith, all the healing, every miracle, everything. It's all within. He said, first seek God's kingdom. Within God's kingdom, there are rules to abide by. And if you can understand that, and the rules that work into the kingdom side, the supernatural side, are nothing to do with the rules that we see over here. Now let me explain that. The rule over here is somebody's sick, they go to the doctor, the doctor says, you have cancer, we can't operate, you're going to die. The rule on this side is, you're going to die. The rule over here on this side, in God's rule book, says, I made him whole, or her whole. The fact of it is, by the stripes of the boy from the tree, they are healed. Now, who are you going to believe? And that's, what, that, and that's where this thing comes down to. Folks, I can't tell you the countless amounts, and I, said, I think I said that maybe sometime here this weekend already, of hospital rooms that I've gone into where the family's been gathered. And bless God, there was no hope. And then they, the person was going to be dead by daylight, if not in the next hour or so. And they're still alive this day. What is that about? Somebody dared to believe God. See, some, some, somebody dared to believe God. It, it always seemed like I got all the hopeless cases. You know, I kept saying, well, God, why, 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 do I, why am I always the one to have to get up in the middle of the night and a friend of mine called and, and said to me, said, said my wife just had that, that baby and I, it, I knew she was going to have babies. said, well, there's something wrong. The baby's lungs didn't develop and they're going to life, life, life the, the child at the hospital 
a big hospital in the city, and uh, the, and the doctor said that probably uh, he will not live till daylight. Now, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's a bad time to call a prophet at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but it's okay. I mean, if it, you know, I always tell people, if you think you're going to die, I want you to, when you get down to what thinking you've got 10 breaths to take, start dialing the phone. The time I get on the phone, you should be down to about three, okay? And, and, and it'll work out. And if you die, I'll just believe God to raise you up, okay? So that's pretty well my rules for dialing me after midnight, okay? Uh, you'd be surprised what goes on in my house. So, so I, I said to him, I said, well, I said, I'll, I'll meet you. You take me to the hospital. And I said, uh, uh, the baby will live. I said, the baby will live. He said, oh, oh okay. And and so I went to the hospital, I got there, and I had with me an anointed hanky. Now, it used to be, folks, that I used to label all my handkerchiefs. Now, if I was in India, and we happened to have a, 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 a great amount of people that were blind, then these handkerchiefs here would be called anointing for the blind. Original, right? And then I'd have another handkerchief over here, I'd be somewhere, and bless God, uh, uh, the AIDS thing, many would have been. This was the anointing for diseases over here. And so it went on, and it went on. And so I had with me a handkerchief that I had on me uh, uh, in a service that was very powerful in South America. And so I just took the handkerchief in my pocket. Out the door we went, we got down there, and the first thing that, 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 that they said, nobody could go in to see the child except the mother and father. I thought, well, that kind of leaves me out. And so, anyway, he goes in and comes back out. He said, I told them that, that I want you to go in and pray for this baby. I said, what did they say? And they, well, they said no. And I, I told them, I said, well, you told us the baby's going to die anyway. So why don't you just, I want him to come in. It's my right, surely. I'm going to stay out and he can go in. So I went in. I got in. I put my hand on that little baby's chest and I prayed. I could feel the anointing of God run out of me like I always do. Straight into that baby, and that baby, that baby, I, I know, felt the heat of the glory of God running through him. Bless God, I got done. I just took the handkerchief out of the pocket, and I handed the nurse, and I said, I want you to put that over that little thing, just like a blanket. She said, oh, and it was, it wasn't clean. She said, oh, I couldn't do that. She said, she said, that, 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 that that's got, that, too many germs and stuff. I, I couldn't, I said, you said, your doctor said, the baby cannot. Time we got there to examine the child and said, the baby cannot live. What difference does it make? Put the handkerchief on the baby. Well, I guess you're, guess, guess you're right. And so they took the handkerchief and put it across that baby, and I went out. He said, what do you think? And I said, the baby will live. I told you that before I got in the car. I'm telling you again, the baby will live. I said, you'll take this baby home with you tomorrow. Boy, he started crying like a baby. He said, he said, I don't understand. This is a Catholic boy. He said, I don't understand. He said, how, how could you come and, and I said, it's an anointing, my friend. It's the anointing of God that he placed within me from the foundations of the world. And I said, all I did was give unto your son what God has given to me. See, it's a gift. And sometimes ministry gets to thinking too highly, okay, about that gift being theirs. Anyway, during the night, the lungs developed. They took the baby home the next day. And I think that baby is now 27 or 28 years old, doing well. What's it about? It's about somebody that would dare to defy the natural. Somebody that's not afraid to step out and say, no, no, no the child will live. Now, what brings us, and what you've got to come to, is to understand what brings you to the point where you can do that. Listen, the old man said to me, Brother Deckard, to have 70 years of experience, son, you've got to live 70 years. Now, I'm all 26, 27 years old. I'm going, yeah. I can tell you today, at 62, the old man was right. Okay. You have to be able to come to the place where you have seen your faith operate. Now listen to me. Where you have confidence in your faith. You've got to have confidence in your faith because I'm going to tell you something. 
you want to talk, you want to talk about upsetting a cart and things getting all messed up. You go try doing these things that I do and watch them not turn out. And there's going to be people going to want to ride you out of town and tar and feather you. See, I keep saying I've watched too often these these televangelists. I've gone into countries where they have been, and I've heard too many stories about how they got there and nobody was healed, and how they chased them with stones back to the hotel, and they were going to they were going to stone them to death. And they had to sneak them out the back, get them to the airport, and get them on an airplane and get them out of the country because it's going to kill them. Because they came in there saying God was going to heal, bring the lame, bring the blind, bring the and nothing happened. They don't take quite as well to that as we do here in America. See, in America, well, you, well, they all say that, and they do. They all say that. And some of the spoofs that go on in some of this national ministry, I'm going to tell you what, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame. You work within your faith. Your faith has been built every day. If you operate in it every day, and that's the reason I said when we closed here the last session, you've got, to, you've, got to find, you've got to find a place of faith, a faith project. If you don't have one every day, you've got to find one. You have got to extend, extend your faith out to receive. Now listen, let me say it. I'm going to probably say it a number more times here this weekend. Don't try to start believing to raise the dead. Try to start believing for the hangnail that's on the little toe on the left foot. Okay? Because when you try to stretch that faith into an area that it won't work in, let me tell you what's going to do. Now, what I say about having confidence in your faith level that you walk in, it's going to erase all confidence. Okay? People call and say, well, do you, do you think my faith level is at the place where I can do such and such? I say, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. If I tell them no, bless God, they tell them, get aggravated at me. I say, well, you know, you go, go, and, go and see if I'm right. I mean, if I, you know. But the fact of it is, I am right. Because you, you, you can only produce as much faith as you have. And again... You know, the Bible says that to each of us was given the measure of faith. How much of your faith is that? I don't know, but we all started out with the same. Why did mine develop where it's at, and yours in some cases didn't seem to develop at all? How could that have been? Well, it's because you didn't know how, it wasn't taught properly, how to develop your faith. See, most of us have never heard these kind of messages. We have all sat around the faith movement, the Pentecostal churches, the charismatic churches, and we've heard all about faith in this and faith in that. We ran up front, they poured all on us, we fell on the floor, and hallelujah. And it was not a bit different the next day than it was from the beginning. Because no one told us how to exercise this, this faith, how to make it work. And what I'm telling you, you can learn. You can learn more than you ever dreamed about learning. Now, in Matthew 17, if you'll turn there with me, starting in the 20th verse, and I'm going to read this a little bit, and then we're going to go somewhere else, and we're going to do something else here about this. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, and they were asking why they couldn't cast that devil out, okay? And so he's saying, Because of, of, of your unbelief. Now look what he said up in the 17th verse. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Do you think he was happy about that? See, in what we think, he said, now here's what most of the church would think the way he put that. Oh, gee, I love you so much. You've just not understood here. No, no. He said it in a way that they could understand it, okay? He said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? I'm going to be with you forever. How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. You dummies, you can't do it, so bring him to me. You haven't learned a thing. You don't understand what's going on. I'm going to tell you something. If I had been Yeshua, I'm going to tell you what, I would have got me a club and I would have beat him all to death before I died. One among a million reasons why. 
that I'm not, okay? I used to say to God, God, how could the boys that were with him, and the Bible says, and after he was resurrected from the dead, they believed not. They didn't believe in the resurrection. And this bunch of knuckleheads he left this thing with. You think we got a problem with being the remnant? How much have he thought about all of it? You know? Well, not me, but Peter said, not me, Lord. He said, that I'll be there, I'll not deny you. <laughs> Lord, look at him going, boy, Peter. And I'm about to give you the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> Man. <laughs> boy, on the outside, folks, that didn't look good, did it? And that's the reason I know on the outside, this doesn't look good, but that's not what's going on. God has to start somewhere. Uh, with every movement there's ever been of God on this earth, he has to start with a few people. And those few people have to grasp a hold of the message. Let the revelation knowledge of, the, of, the, of God's word get down inside, and then it begins to do what? It begins to explode. So, he, so he's getting rough with them here, and, and, and then he goes on in 20, says, because of your unbelief. He said, that's what it is. For verily I say, if you have faith, now I'm in 20, as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, how be it talking back about this guy who needed to be delivered of the demon? He said, This time goeth out not, but by prayer and fasting. But the key is up here. The key is uh, in this thing. Now, listen, what Jesus, uh, bless God, didn't say here. And, and uh, let's go to Luke uh, 17, 6. There's another rendition there that I want to grab onto. And it's likened to it. The sixth verse, 17, 6 of Luke. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, you notice something here. He didn't say, if you have faith the size of a seed, but if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. The size of the seed matters not. The point is that the seed is good for only one thing, and that is to plant. That's the only thing that the seed is good for. Jesus is saying you don't need more faith, but you must be what? Willing to plant it. And where you're at with the Lord right now, that's what you want to understand. Yeah, no, Jesus, give us more faith. No, no. Plant the faith that you got. Where you're at today, it doesn't matter whether you just started, you've been in it for 20 years. Use the faith and plant it. How do you plant it? The boy will not die. The boy will go home tomorrow. When I was there in the hospital, he will not die. What did I do? I planted my faith. But in, in order for anything to happen, you first have to do what? You're first going to have to speak it out of your mouth. You're going to have to speak it. God spoke this world into existence when he said, let there be light, and there was light. <laughs> Try to figure that one out. But we, each of us, the way your faith will begin to be developing is plant what you got now. And like I said, bless God, don't, don't go, bless God, if you're broke, don't be start believing God for a million dollars. Believing for enough to pay your bills. Get into that, get into that, get to the place. Why? Because we want you to get excited about your faith. Not my faith, your faith. The only reason I tell the stories is for you to understand that, bless God, that God still does have on the face of there's somebody that operates in that kind of faith, and he does. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.